Okay, good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Uh, we're going to consider again the book of Genesis. We are now in, going to be in chapter 20. Uh, we're actually going to skip the very end of chapter 19, which has to do with Lot. Uh, but in anyway, uh, let's see. Thanks for coming out last night. We had a good attendance on our Wednesday night service. That was that was lovely. It really does make a difference. Um, you know, if you can strengthen your numbers, it does strengthen. Well, especially when you try to sing uh, maybe a hymn that's a little bit new or challenging, uh, which we did. So we can maybe pull that off to a greater extent when there's a few more of us. So there you go. I see you checking in on the chat. Um, Gus and Eileen are there. Lori, Don and Karen. Defresh is on YouTube. Good to have you there as well. All right. And where is the window? That is the question. There we are. Good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. Memory verse time. It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak are sp- to you are spirit, and they are life. John 6, verse 63. Uh, very helpful text. This, it is the Spirit who gives life. As we say in the Nicene Creed, Jesus, of course, this is where we draw it from Jesus' own words, John 6. The Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. Paul also riffs on this both well, in all of his epistles, namely in Romans and Galatians. And then look at the second half of the verse. The words that I speak to you are spirit. I don't know why lowercase s there, but that's okay. Are spirit and they are life. So the spirit gives life. You receive the spirit through the words that Jesus speaks to you, and thereby you receive the life the spirit gives. All right. So uh, you might think of Paul's Uh, confession to Timothy, right? Uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, here, life comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see? All right. Uh, The spirit comes by hearing. No, let's see. Life comes by the spirit and spirit comes by the word of God. There we go. That's, that would be my little riff on that. So good. All right. Our Psalm this week is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, 
Behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay. Our catechism for the week is the third article of the Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. All right, what does this mean? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me by his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. All right. Our first reading today is from James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. All right. Um, man, there's so much good to speak in there about uh, the nature of the church and the, the gift of the community of faith and that we pray for one another, we care for one another. Um, but that, that line here, I think, is going to it's connected well with what we're going to see in Genesis 20. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Remember, uh, back in chapter 12, it, the Lord said that uh, Abraham believed in the Lord, or believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him, reckoned to him as righteousness. Right. So Abraham was righteous by faith in the Word of God. Of course, he doesn't always live according to that faith, right? So we'll see about forgiveness of sins and the covering of a multitude of sins today as well. All right, so let's look at the reading. Genesis 20. And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she even said, she herself said, he is my brother. 
In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Therefore, Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, that he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So, Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you, that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, This is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever you go, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you dwell here where it pleases you. Then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children, for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. All right, so Now, this story might sound a little familiar if you've been uh, with us each day as we've been going through Genesis, uh, previously with Pharaoh and Abraham's fear. All right, where did Abraham move now? To the region to the south, that's the Negev, um, and he lived between Kadesh and Shur in the kingdom of Gerar, right? All right, so this is all to the south. Remember, the Lord had given him all the land of Canaan um, as his inheritance, right? Abraham treats all of it as if it's his, even though where he goes to dwell, there are kings and other nations there. It's kind of an interesting uh, parallel to the Christian, right? Who can and does dwell in many kingdoms. You know, there's been Christians throughout the world uh, dwelling under all sorts of kingdoms, tyrannical and otherwise. And yet they don't actually, all that is theirs, but yet they don't actually possess it. Hmm, Like Abraham. Anyway. What did Abraham say about Sarah? Again, she is my sister. Uh, Why should he definitely not have done this? Despite, as we learn, it's actually kind of half true. This all has to do with the promise of the offspring, the son. We saw it back in chapter 17. We saw it again in chapter 18, right? That God had said to Abraham that he would be given a son by Sarah, right? So it's not not permitted then by God for him to, to sell off his wife, right? I mean, think of the promise made specifically when Sarah receives her new name, right? You shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, princess. And I will bless her and give you a son by her. There it is. Then I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Hence, princess. All right. Um, And then again, Genesis 18, as I said. Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. All right? So this is Abraham, who, as we said, um, believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him as righteousness eight chapters ago, um, not always believing the Lord. (laughs) And yet he is forgiven, he's reconciled, and God continues to work uh, not only through his the word being preached or or God himself speaking to him, uh, but also through this foreign king, Abimelech, to bring Abraham again to repentance, right? For the forgiveness of sins. It's right here. All right. So Abimelech um, takes Sarah, sent for her and took her. Uh, but God protected Sarah. How did he do that? Now, this is, I think, the first occasion in Genesis of God speaking to someone in a dream, right? By night. And he says, um, what? You are a dead man. Isn't that what he says? Yeah, because the woman whom you have taken, she is a man's wife. You are a dead man, verse 3. Right? Um, NIV says, you are as good as dead. Right? So, same idea for taking another man's wife. Of course, sixth commandment, contrary to God's word. Uh, what's the importance, though, of the words there in verse 4, that he had not come near her? All right. Of course, that's a euphemism, right? He has not had any kind of sexual relations with her, right? The son of promise will be conceived in Sarah by Father Abraham as God promised, right? And he's going to move all things in heaven and on earth for that to happen, okay? To keep his promise. Uh, What's Abimelech's plea to God in the dream? It's crazy, right? Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Will you destroy a righteous nation? How would Abimelech have sinned against God? It's not just simply violation of the sixth commandment, but even more, it's a sin against the gospel. What? Yes, right? Violating the promise of the son, the offspring born to Abraham, in whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed, ultimately fulfilled in the son of Abraham, Jesus, right? Okay, so it's not just breaking the sixth commandment, but it's it's specifically sinning against the gospel promise. All right, what did God call Abraham then in verse 7? This is new. I don't think we've heard this yet. God calls him a prophet. A prophet. Um, what story is connected to the phrase, he will pray for you, that next phrase, and you shall live? Just the story we looked at the last couple of days, Tuesday and Wednesday. Remember Lot, uh, Abraham prayed on behalf of Sodom um, for the sake of the righteous who may dwell there. Of course, we know who he had in mind, Lot um, and his daughters ultimately, right? And then God, of those two angels, went in and spared Abraham, uh, excuse me, Lot and his uh, wife and his daughters. Of course, his wife did not believe in the end, right? Also, you have um, the repetition of that promise, that first promise made to Abraham back in chapter 12, right? I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you or curse those who dishonor you, right? So here it is repeated, but now by God to Abimelech a pagan king. This is always important to see how God uh, works through uh, ungodly kings, right? Ones who aren't actually in faith, but yet God still uses them, even speaks to them, or even speaks through them. Um, You think here of uh, Cyrus in the book of Daniel, right? Um, Who who confesses, or Nebuchadnezzar for that matter, who confesses um, some kind of faith. I don't know, it's a full-fledged faith, trusting in the promise, but at least acknowledgement of of God as being... uh, God of God and Lord of Lords, as Nebuchadnezzar says. All right. So he's even doing so here. And who is to say what happens with Abimelech, right? Well, (laughs) the narrative does, but we'll get to that. 
All right, so why did Abraham lie, right? Abimelech confronts Abraham. Why did he lie? What did you have in view that you've done this thing? He thought that they would kill him on account of his wife. Why? Because they didn't fear God, right? You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, this sort of thing, right? Shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Well, certainly that. So he thought that if he was truthful, that they would kill him, right? And now we have some new details, which we haven't had yet in this whole narrative, right? But that she is his half-sister, right? Which is um, frowned upon in our culture. Um, maybe not so much in the ancient world and certainly not um, in the land of the Chaldeans. All right. Daughter of his father. How did um, Abimelech treat the man who had wronged him? This is incredible, right? I mean, he trusts the word of God, <laughs> that God will bless him if he restores her, right? So he gives um, Abram, Abraham sheep, oxen, and servants, right? And then we also learn that there was a punishment that had been put upon Abimelech and his household, right? That they could have no children um, until Sarah was restored. So this is related to the promise of, Ab- to, of Abraham and Sarah, right? Abimelech was threatening the promise of a son to Abraham and Sarah, so God closed all the wombs, right? He even threatened Abimelech's own offspring, right? Uh, but then now that Abimelech in faith has restored Abraham, um, and Abraham, of course, has blessed him and restored his ability uh, to bear children himself. Right? So it's a it's one of these... Um, episodic stories, right? It, it, it connects us back to that incident with Pharaoh. Um, it also points us to Abraham's own um, faithlessness in the midst of God giving him faith. God is constantly at work um, through preaching, but also through, uh, even here, a pagan king to restore Abraham to faithfulness again, over and over, right? It's God who gives faith by his word working in this world. Abraham is proclaimed a prophet, and yet he did not trust the promise of God. It is God's promise that controls the actions of God, not the worthiness and strong faith of Abraham. Abraham had just heard that Sarah would give him a son within a year, but he was willing to jeopardize that by letting another man take her. It was only through God's protection that Abimelech was kept from sleeping with Sarah and raising doubts about the promise, the birthright, the heritage. In the same way, God stepped in when Joseph, the patriarch, or excuse me, the father of Jesus, was uncertain, leaving no doubt about the birth of Jesus, the son of the promise. Abraham prayed as a prophet to open the wombs of Abimelech's house. So too, Christ always protects his church so that life can come about only through the preaching of his word, through the mouths of his prophets, the pastors of the church. There are no worthier than Abraham. They, though they are no worthier than Abraham, yet he has appointed them as the bearers of his promise to the nations of the earth. All right, so God continues to preach his word through the mouth of his prophets, that is his pastors in the church, right? To bring life. As we said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. My words that I speak to you are life, are, um, are spirit and they give life, right? Good. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Um, it's one of the things I love about Luther, uh, of all, is that he is willing to take a text like the Nuc Dimittis from Luke 2 and preach it through a hymn. So um, he does. we talked about this with the Mighty Fortress. Is it Psalm 46, paraphrase? Not really. It takes Psalm 46 and he applies it to the life of the Christian and, and it's really preaching in, in hymnic form. Um, Paul Speratus does this with salvation unto us has come. Same story same idea, right? 
And he does it here with the Nook Dimittis. He applies the Nook Dimittis to our life in a way that um, a hymn like Abide With Me um, maybe does as well, actually, on the same text, uh, but not quite to as dramatic an extent. So there you go. Let's sing it. Let us pray. O Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the, um, and do so to give life and salvation to the world, and who together with the Father and the Son we worship and glorify as the only true God, receive our thanks and praise for proclaiming Christ to us through the preaching of the gospel and the gifts of the holy sacraments. Faith in Jesus Christ our Savior, hope in the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting, and love for God and our enemies are all your creations and gifts to us through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. Preserve the Holy Christian Church among us through the faithful preaching of the gospel and the right administration of the sacraments of Christ. 
bless the communion of saints that every baptized Christian sharing in Christ's love through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name might abide in Christ and bear witness to his love in all that we do and say. Give us firm hope in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting, so that we might faithfully endure persecution for Jesus' sake, and suffer all, even death itself, rather than fall away from him who gave his life for us. Hear us, O Holy Spirit, for you live and reign with the Father and the Son, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, keep your household, the Church, in continual godliness, that through your protection she may be free from all adversities and devoutly given to serve you in good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for the Church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his Church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray today in Thanksgiving with Joseph, who celebrates his birthday, with Doug, who celebrates his baptism, with the households of our church, especially Shinar and Nicole, Dale and Pam, Kevin, Michael, Julie, Keith, and Tammy. Pray for our catechumens, Christian, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Christopher, Dan, Brad, Ron, and Marla, Betty, Pat, and Heidi, our homebound Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. The missions and mercy work of the church, especially uh, that of the Federowitz families. We also pray an intercession for all pastors and hearers. And we continue to pray with those grieving, especially um, the family and friends of Dale. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. Just realized there's a prayer that's missing here uh, that was prayed on Sunday, but I was gone, and so it didn't get added in. Um, oh, Walt Friedemann, right? Yeah. I'll add him in before I forget. Of course, I always... Let's see. How do I spell his name? With an E-M-A-N-N. There we go. All right. So we'll include him. Good. I'll remember to pray for him tomorrow. So with that, um, I bid you fond farewell. It's good to have you. Glad to see you checking in, Don, Karen, Defresh. Yeah, I know. Wish to sing hymns without yawning. Uh, it, there was a, a quote uh, given at the conference I was at from uh, uh, from Merton Franzman, you know, who wrote like "Thy Strong Word," um, but some other hymns, "Preach Ye the Word." Um, some of my favorite hymns, really, just poetic. Uh, "O Lord, our God of Heaven and Earth," is, is probably one of my favorite hymns, and um, I was become to be one. Thy living finger never wrote that life should be an aimless moat, a deathward drift, a futile birth. 
thy, um, thy word with life triumphant hurled, death, uh, oh, um, life to a broken world, something like that. I have to try to memorize the whole first stanza. In any case, beautiful poetry, but difficult to sing. And he said, who said that hymns should be easy to sing? That was his line. <laughs> and uh, he often will extend the phrase and make it the most difficult where the text is the most difficult for us to say, even in faith. So uh, he, he does that quite intentionally. It's good poetry. Anyway, um, so yeah. Lord be with you all. You can uh, listen to last night or listen or watch last night's sermon on the various media platforms, all linked down below, stjohnrandomlake.org. Just go to church and then media and you'll find it. And um, yeah, it was good to have a, a nice crowd last night too. So God be with you all. Keep you safe and we'll see you again tomorrow. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.